0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antlera podcast. We're on episode 160. Yeah, 160. We have our good friend AJ Iquinta on from Knights of the Apex, and it was a fun conversation that we just had because. When we get a chance to catch up with him, we just love just chatting about life, what's going on in each other's lives and all that stuff. And this episode is filled with various topics that include dad life, influencers, outfitters to meeting Jocko. So AJ runs Knights of the Apex. He's been doing it now for the last like three plus years. And he does a phenomenal job with creating content surrounding gear, putting out awesome videos and pictures and just being a downright all-around great dude. Had a chance to hang out with him uh, at our condo and shoot, well, we didn't get a chance to shoot with him, but we got a chance to hang out a ton at tall archery last year in Pennsylvania. But we get into his thoughts on this year's bows and how they stack up. We also hear how he put in more time this year and effort hunting his current state of Florida because of you know being a dad and kind of the challenges he faced with that. So um really cool here to hear that perspective uh from AJ. And also early on in the year during hunting season, AJ made the trip to hunt Illinois with some awesome hunters like Beau Martonic, Ryan Haynes, just to name a few. Uh, and that led us down to rabbit hole of chatting about his experiences at hunting various outfitters and his takeaways with that and all that jazz. And, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier, it's fun to catch up with him. Uh, It's really excited to see what he has in store uh, for his nights of the apex this year, just because each year he keeps killing it. It gets that much better every single year. And I have a ton of respect for him. So hope you enjoy this one. Just a great conversation with uh, AJ, Dimitri and I, so enjoy it. We'll see you next week. Antler up. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at America's Best Bowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the antler up podcast for America's best bowstrings use code ANTLERUP up and you will save $10 off your order tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter tethered produces the most mobile stealthy and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. What's up, everybody? We're back. Uh, we have our good friend, AJ Quinta, Knights of the Apex, on tonight. And AJ, man, welcome back to the show for a whopping fifth time, man. What's going on?
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm just racking up the lead. That's what I'm I'm yeah. here for, okay? Just trying to, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to secure the most the most uh, appearances.
0: Yeah, heck yeah, dude. Well, you just got off one with Bo doing like the whole what's in, you know, creating your own little own Bo shop and everything. So uh, that's, that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I'm on a PA tour, PA yeah. podcast tour right now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was fun. I got to hunt with Bo. We were in Illinois together last October. Um, so slow hunting, but it was a good camp, and it was cool to get to link up with him in person. And, um, you know, it's, it's always good, like, getting to meet people that you only interact with online and especially get to share hunt camp. Like, we got to do tack together, us us through yep. last year. Like, that was fun. It's Those are the things that uh, – it's the best part of this whole, like – Social media weird world we find ourselves in. Yeah, no doubt about that.
0: So how's uh, how's fatherhood treating you, man?
2: Oh, it's amazing. I love it. I mean, if for anybody watching, uh, the white stains on my sweatshirt are, are definitely drool and uh, spit <laughs> up. It's uh, it's great though, man. We had a, a little bit of a, a shaky start. Spent a couple days in the NICU, but uh, I know it's pretty pretty common. A lot of people reached out, which was helpful because, like, as a new parent. You, you don't know what you don't know. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't talk too much about it. I definitely didn't share it on, on nights, the apex, but a couple of people that just kind of re- like knew that we were pregnant reached out and like shared their experiences. And that was a good, that was a great relief. Um, Cause yeah, going into it, not expecting that. And then having that, like it, he was fine. Everybody's good now, but it was definitely a shaky thing that those first couple of days, um, you know, you hear Nick you and all these things go through your head. Cause again, you don't know any better. I'm, I'm expecting like, he's just going to be hooked up to tubes, like in a room full of beds. And you know, it's not like that at all. Um, thank God for doctors and nurses, but it's, it's great, man. I love it. I can't wait to just soaking it all in. He's a little ball of cuddles right now. And I'm sure we'll be, uh, in the stand and the saddle together before I know <laughs> it. So just trying to soak it all in.
0: Yep. Oh man. Those days, Dimitri, you're not too far removed.
1: You're still in it <laughs> No, I'm still in it. So no, my, uh, older son, he's starting to get interested in hunting and, you know, shooting little toy bows and stuff. So it's, gets pretty exciting. So, yeah. Um,
0: AJ, now let me ask you this question. How has, you know, we're just talking like just briefly of what you got going on. How has maybe having a little guy into the world now and, seeing what's you know what where life is taking you and where priorities kind of change how that how has that maybe affected your mentality with what you got going on
2: you know it's it's another transformative experience right mm-hmm. like uh there's there's a handful of them that you can go through in your life and uh you know, I know not everybody, I don't think, you know, having kids initially one of those things, like you have to do, it's not in the cards for everybody, but it is definitely one of those transformative things. And it, it just puts a lot of stuff in perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, now, like I, I look at that little guy and it's like, you know, what do I, I, what am I willing to sacrifice and, and give up and what do I really want to do? And how do I want to be the example for that little guy? Right. Cause I, I think, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough for, like, I had a, a granddad and a dad that like I, I loved and uh, they set a great example for me and I just want to do the same thing for him. Um, and honestly, even before he was even a thought, like that was one of the things that led me to create Coda because I was like, I can't bring him to my office and do emails all day. Like I'm not teaching him any lessons doing that. Like it's important, like that's what most jobs are, mm-hmm. but I think there's something to be said for being able to do like physical trips and doing hands-on things and learning Um, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that got me into doing all this kind of content stuff. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. It puts up in perspective and, you know, for me, like I just, I'm going to pull away from some stuff and then I'm going to double down with the relationships with, you know, companies and, and events and things like that, that I really enjoy doing that. I want to do with him one day, you
0: know?
1: Yeah, that's cool and I think the cool thing that like you said that the hands-on experience would you know it, obviously this is a hunting podcast and that's what we kind of focus on but even anything right you know I mean education is important but you know if there's hobbies or skills there's so much information out there to kind of learn to do those things yourself um, and you can you know I mean it's kind of self-taught but you have someone kind of you're watching a video or you know someone's explaining something which is really cool which which you know, I feel like when I was younger and growing up, if you didn't have somebody personally show you that kind of stuff, you didn't kind of get involved in that. So it's a kind of, you know, you can kind of broaden your horizon a little bit now, which is pretty cool as well. Yeah, you know, you're spot on with that.
2: I mean, like I said, I was fortunate, like my my grandfather worked in a machine shop. My dad was a framer. So I would, you know, those were my off days or if I broke something, that's how I paid paid the family back for it was working with those guys. Um, you know, so you, you learn lessons and there's something to be said for you when you screw up something like at work, if something's messed up, I have to send another email. It's different than I screwed up installing that set of stairs. I need to pull all the nails and start over again. Kind of deal. Like there's something the, the stakes are just higher when it's an actual physical, uh, task. Right. And I mean, we know that from hunting, right? Like you screw up, you're in the wrong tree you just screwed up your entire morning. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to all that. I mean, you guys know, like, you know, I am I'm, I'm trying to not be the, like the new dad. That's like all high on, on <laughs> shit, <laughs> like, the dad evangelist, you know, but it's just, it's so much fun. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome and so different than what I was expecting, but for all good reasons.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, awesome, and Congrats. I, I know we, we texted in during that p- p- period of time and, uh, what, uh, what was your hunting season like? Cause like you said, I know you did go to Illinois this past year with, with the quiet cat crew and everything like that. Did you get a chance to come back at home in New York and everything at all?
2: So, yeah. So, I mean, I had a great season experience wise. <laughs> Sucked from a meat and killing perspective, yeah. you know and and I knew he was due, you know my son Maverick was due the twenty first, so I knew the rut was gonna be dicey um to be able to go home and hunt the rut. so um, I you know I kind of focused on some lower percentage earlier season stuff. Um, I got permission on literally like two acres uh, not too far from me in Florida. It's pretty much suburban hunting. Um, had some good bucks on camera. So put a lot of work into developing that again, because of proximity, right? Yep. Um, didn't seal the deal there. Of course, you know, the only, so the, the interesting thing here was they were not daylighting like the, none of the deer were daylighting. Um, they're super used to people. And the only time they did, it seemed like they were running for about two weeks and the, the three days they were daylight. I was in the NICU with my son, right? Yeah. Like just watching them on camera all freaking day, running back and forth on the camera. Um, but I, I learned a lot. And I'm psyched to go into next year, but yeah, so I, I did, uh, September went up to New York for bear season again. I didn't, uh, didn't get one there, just missed them by a couple days, but we, we've got them on camera. Um, actually found out, uh, Jeremy, you sent me something yeah. and, uh, you know, the, I think I've talked about it on here before, but our suspicions that like our property is really close to where they release the nuisance bears. Um, we actually got confirmation of that this year. So it makes sense. Um, our whitetail population has gone to just total crap. Um, you know, we haven't been seeing anything on there, but we, we've got so many bears and predators, um, on the property now. Uh, it's pretty crazy. So, um, you know, we're, we're blessed in one sense and it sucks in another, but at the same time, my dad who, uh, if you guys follow the the page, you've probably seen him a lot. Uh, he's been working, he's actually been getting a lot of permission on Long island. So we're going to be doing more suburban hunting there. Um, he's got, uh, three or four, uh, areas where, I mean, they, they're like essentially, mansions and estates that he's helping people with uh get rid of deer and they've got nuisance permits so everything that comes by is getting shot so we'll spend a couple of days out there next year um but yeah illinois was cool i was there with uh bushnell and quiet cat somebody must have bailed and uh i was the the alternate (laughs) i guess i got the last minute call which i was more than happy to tag along for that um, but it was fun. I was, uh, the second oldest guy in camp, which was also a new experience for me. It was uh, Jay Maxwell was the only other Hunter that was older than me. Um, but, uh, yeah, from Forty Six Ten productions, awesome dude. He does a lot of urban stuff in Atlanta. Um, he's tight with the seek one guys. Uh, and then Bo was there, Kayla Moss, um, Ryan Haynes, uh, and, uh, Connor Brockhouse. Um, I think that was it for shooters. Um, a couple other, uh, guys were there. Um, but yeah, really fun camp. Like a lot of beers got killed, but not a lot of animals. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say,
0: well, like, what is like, what's an experience like that? Like, you know, Dimitri, you know, we, we've had like that camp feel of like a yeah. typical PA stuff, but then, you know, that's something a little different. Like you have all those guys on you know showing everybody through their stories through posts and you know you you we almost feel like obviously that we're there because we see what's going on but what's it actually like to be there in those you know situations
2: well, it's interesting because I don't think, I mean, like I said, most of them are younger and, like, I, I, it's not like we go on, like, a whole bunch of sponsored hunts. Like, that's the first yeah. time I've been on a hunt where, like, I was a shooter that I was invited to go. So, like, the first couple of days we were just kind of, like, what's the itinerary and we'll go along. So, we were hunting the afternoons. It was opening week in Illinois, which, you know, it, it's – it's not the hottest time to go hunt. Like the deer are just I moving. Mean, we, we found out later in the week, like they were very responsive to rattling, but like that, I don't know that first day or two in camp, like, I don't like, I, I like to see what's going on. I don't like trying to like force anything. Mm-hmm. Um. So I had a nice shooter come right out at last light, but I mean, it was a lot of fun. Like we spent the mornings we were doing stuff. Like of course it was a, you know, it was a sponsored hunt. So like we wanted to make sure like we did content. They showed us how to use the bikes, like, the optics that are coming out, all that stuff, which was cool. Like it's, uh, you know, I don't enjoy being the one in front of the camera, but, um, I will say like playing the influencer has its perks occasionally, like getting some (laughs) stuff. Um, but that was fun. And then, you know, but the camp, like everybody in camp was such a good time. Like everybody and everybody had a different specialty. Like we had guys from Texas, PA, like me in Florida, New York, right. Caitlin, the Midwest, um, Jay from Atlanta. So, everybody and, and we're all kind of special, and, uh, me being the exception, everyone else was a specialist in their little area. Um, so it was just so cool. Like getting to just, I like, just talk to everybody and just absorb and get all that information and just seeing how everybody approached this hunt a little different, you know, Caitlin yeah. was, was running up and setting up in saddles and, and, um, you know, doing a little bit more ambushing, setting up office stuff. I was set up on uh, a food plot, where they had three different shooters that were just zipping in and out. And I just never had one come into bow range. Um, and then Bo was hunting mostly the hardwoods thinking like they're going to be in those in between transition areas being that early in the season. And Jay was doing the same thing. Um, and I think Ryan was actually doing the same thing as well. So, uh, and they saw a couple of good bucks, but not like shooters for that area. Um, and so that was really cool. Like it it was just awesome. You yeah. know, that, that was just awesome. Just you get like, cause rarely like hunts, hunt camps are always a hodgepodge of people to begin with unless like it's your buddies. But, right. um, it, it was, it was so much fun. Like having people that like also be like, there were camera guys there. Like I, I was the only one that like went solo. Um, I think me and Jay, but, um, actually Bo did too. But, um, it was just cool. Like rarely do you have people that understand like, that side of it, as well as hunting, but they're such good hunters too. Yeah, Um, And yeah, everybody else went on to have like awesome seasons, but uh, yeah, I had two really good shooters, one hung up at a hundred and was just chasing some does and pushing them out of there last day, last 15 minutes. Uh, And then that first night I had one at 50 at last light, um, which it it was just so dark. And I was like, ah, it's the first day. Like I'm not going to send it you know, on something, the biggest buck I've ever seen in real life on the first night. And then I was kicking myself for the rest of the week because my setup was dialed and I, I could have absolutely sent that arrow and I should have, but, um, but yeah, I learned a lot. Um, you know, and and it's just, uh, like that's the experience is like, that's what I'm kind of in it for. Um, I say that that's what guys who don't kill stuff
1: say, Uh, (laughs) um, Now, did you guys have free reign of the property of, you know, being able to kind of come up with your own game plans or was there kind of set stands or areas that they kind of um, guided you towards or kind of give you the options for? so it is a mixture so like early
2: on we were all playing at like what do you guys kind of have in store because it was a legitimate outfit right and like they had had you know they they were very familiar running like professional uh tv shows and things like that before so we were all just kind of along for the ride for the first day or two and then we were kind of like hey guys like why are we hunting the mornings? Like, what do you guys have on camera in the mornings? Can we hunt the mornings? You know, like we, like we had, I think we were, I forget what app we were using. It, it wasn't on and it wasn't hunt wise. I forget what it was. Um, but, uh, it wasn't Spartan 4g. There was one of the smaller ones, but like they, so they gave us the map and we all could see where each other were at in the areas. And so we were, we were sharing data, you know, it's not like we were competing with each other, but we're like, all right, if you're here and we're going there cause we were taking the quiet cats in too. Um, you know, we, we definitely had some rain and we also like, Bo was really good at this. He befriended, like he stayed with the guides. So he, he befriended them early and he had the Intel like early on, on what was going on on the property. Um, and we kind of like worked on by the end where it's like, Hey, like let us hunt the mornings. It's cooler. We'll get them in transition more. Um, cause they really weren't coming out at night. Um, but yeah, we had, uh, you know, by the end of the week, we had pretty free reign of the property. We didn't go too crazy because they are an outfit. They had a couple of weeks before like their first clients came in, but we weren't going to go in and blow everything out. Like, you know, we're, yeah. uh, pretend like we're the most important people hunting that property. Cause we're not.
0: That cause we had, we had our buddy Tom on a couple of weeks ago. We're just talking about different experiences like that because he's done it all. He's done over-the-counter, out-of-state hunts. He's done over-the-counter. Uh, he's done, um, uh, like, outfitters as well, just even a neighboring states, state, just to have that experience. And that yep. was our question to him was, you know, what what is that like? And, you know, positive experience, negative experience. And I know you've done the one in Ohio uh, before as well. You know, do you, you know, if you were to kind of chalk it up like what's your kind of experience like do you like them not like them you know how could maybe people improve upon it I guess you know is there anything like that that you you know now that you've done a few it's I would compare it to bow shops right like when you have a great Mm -hmm. one it's a
2: godsend and you'll go there forever and even if they charge a little more than the average it's still worth it especially for the guy that or the guy or girl that you only have a week to hunt a year like you only get that vacation time like I, I know like the only reason I like I purchased some of the out to go with some of the outfits I do is just to spend time with my uncle and my dad and hunt with those guys. Um, cause we're getting to the age where like you can look at a calendar and you can add up all the, the hunting days you get left with your family. Right. So mm-hmm. to me, that's important. I'll spend the, you know, however couple thousand dollars that I don't need to spend just to get that time with them and those memories, you know, as much as it hurts the budget uh, that I yeah. could use that. Some, I could have bought property by now, but, um, <laughs> But, you know, if you find a good one, but it's hard to do. That's the other thing, because at the end of the day, like they're salesmen and you go to these trade shows and we've gotten to a lot of shitty outfitters and you don't really like you see the pictures. It all looks good. But then you find out like those were all taken during gun season. And, you know, because the outfitters out of shape, the tree stand you're in, there's no way that guy was getting into. And Mm -hmm. it's just clear, like, you know, right away when you get into a stand, whether or not that person who set that up was a bow hunter or not like bow hunters were really particular about our stand locations, like how things funnel, what we're looking for. It's just different than gun hunting. It's a lot more nuanced. Right. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, like some of the questions I would definitely ask is, you know, how, how much free range are you going to have? If you're looking to go to an outfit, right? Like what are, what are some of the layouts? Like where are you guys seeing? What time of year are you guys seeing the most movement? Like, um, you know, what, what have been like, what some of the setups like guys have brought in years past, like for me, for this trip, I brought a saddle just in case I ended up being on, it was a massive food plot. Um, and like I said, I just, I didn't have anything come in bow range, but for me, I was out of a, a, a stand one night and then I saw where the deer were funneling based on kind of what thermals and stuff were doing. And I was better off going into the redneck. And I had deer under me all night, just no shooters that came the rest of the week, right? So I was okay. Like, these guys, performance outdoors, they had a great setup. Um, but, like, I know some of the other guys, like Caitlin, as, uh I mentioned, like, she bounced around. And also, like, with her cameraman, like, they had saddles. So they'd find a, a tree that, you know, they were on, like, a corner somewhere that they thought was a little better. Get them closer to a closer range. So, um, you know, having that freedom is definitely nice. But there's a lot of outfits, like, they don't want you going anywhere but the stands they have set up right? And something that I would be sure to ask is like, well, how often do you guys rotate stand locations? Because I've hunted with outfitters where even though I'm their opening day, that first doe comes out and looks right up at me, you know? And it's like, the only reason she knows to do that is because there've been hunters in that stand and that stand. And you know, when you get in the stand, like you look around, you're like, the tree is growing around the stand. This thing has been here yeah. for longer than I've been alive. Right. So, Um, Those are some things to definitely ask about. But yeah, like the, the place that we went in Ohio, I would go back, you know, every year if I had enough time to do it because it's not a lot of property, but it's really well managed. It's a cool area. It's a comfortable camp. Um, you know, it's, it's very relaxed and easy going. foods. Good. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. a consideration for me. If I'm spending thousands of dollars on a hunt, it better have good food. Like I've heard a guy's going on ten, twelve thousand $12,000 elk hunts and they're like, yeah, we had to cook. I'm like, that blows. Like yeah. Yeah. If, I, if I go to a hotel and it's $10,000 for a vacation, I better be eating the best stuff imaginable. But, exactly. um, yeah it's and maybe that's me being bougie i don't know but uh but yeah just me with my money that's kind of how i am but otherwise like I'll, I'll just stay here in florida and hunt long island in new york and you know I'll, I'll kill smaller deer but i'll have more fun and i'll save money and i can go on more hunts but um yeah outfitters it's a mixed bag man it's a mixed bag I, I, and the the other hard part is like the guys that are really good at it that professionalize it that manage the properties well you're paying a premium for that you know so that's that's Mm -hmm. the other thing. So, um, it's a tricky thing, but if, you know, if you have the budget and the means and you, you know, that an outfit's trustworthy, then it's
0: awesome. It's great. Yeah. Dimitri, what do you think about that stuff?
1: Uh, you know, I've never done one myself, so I don't have any personal experience and, you know, I just, I just think that, you know, you have to feel if your success is going to be, you know, your chances are improved by spending the money, right? You know, obviously, you know, your chances of probably uh, harvesting a, a, a higher quality deer is probably pretty good, right? Cause you have someone, you know, they're trying to manage the property and, and, you know, obviously the, the better the, the deer are on the property, the higher their prices are. So, you know, they're, they're trying to achieve that where if you're hunting public ground, it's kind of free for all, right. You know, yeah. if it's a state where people can shoot anything, you know, that the deer aren't being managed. So, you know, it's just, if you're willing to, to spend the money, but, you know, cause you could spend the money, go out there and, you know, people have not even seen a shooter, right. You know, and just yep. bare, maybe saw just a couple of and maybe a four corn buck. Right. And, you know, and, th- and that was it. And they spent all that money, even though the food was good, but you know, you just have to, I guess, feel okay with just having a great, lodging and camping and, you know, but you still have that opportunity at a really nice buck. Yeah. I liked what you said, AJ, earlier about you're,
0: you're going like with family members, right? Like that yeah. was always something that I thought about too, with going somewhere like a nice out of state whitetail hunt to do something like that with my dad, just to experience something different other than going back at home up the mountain and, and Northeast PA. Like that's something that I would like to do. Cause he, he's even gone on to say, uh, he's like, oh, when I retire in a couple of years, I want to take you and my brother. Uh, he's like, this ass, you know, up to Canada, go kill a monster white t- white tail. Which is- <laughs> Why is Saskatchewan the thing for all the the guys in the
2: Northeast? Like, for I I, it's got to be Jim Shockey or something. Because my family's the same way. They're like, we got to go to Saskatchewan. I'm like, you guys know they're a big deer other places right like we don't have to freeze our nuts off like exactly
0: (laughs) that's what i like when he tells me that i just always crack because in the back of my mind i'm like i'm just i'm good with kansas i'm good you know like let's like let's let's do a cool tough hunt like new york like i don't like it doesn't need to be in canada (laughs) Well, and
2: what Dimitri said, like, you know, that's another good point. Like, you got to be okay with, it's still hunting. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they'll see people that have success at these outfitters and think, oh, well, you know, as if, like, you're showing up and they've got the deer, the 180-inch deer tied to a tree. Like, that's not how it works. And another thing that people get screwed up all the time is just because there's a feeder, mature bucks don't go to the feeder, I've never been to a place where there's any sort of hunting pressure. Mature bucks don't hit feeders, especially in daylight. Like, it doesn't happen. They'll hit mm. perimeters, they'll look around, they'll hit the in-betweens, they'll check out what's going there, but they're not going there. It's not like, a, you know, you're not killing, like, dairy cows. You know, they're still deer. Like, they're adapting to the pressure just like everything else. So, yeah, like, your potential for harvesting something, and that was that's been really valuable for me, like, growing up where I did in New York and like never seen anything bigger than 130 inch deer, right? Like going to these places and, and just being able to get eyes on, like, how does a five-year-old deer or older actually behave? Like, that's something I would never learn if I stayed just hunting my property my family's property in New York. So right. for me, that was immensely valuable, even though I didn't get to harvest anything. The first time I ever saw a, a mature deer, I literally froze up with it at 40 yards just because I was like, that thing is beautiful. Like, I felt like I was seeing a unicorn. Like, I I just had never seen anything. I think I was was in my, like, early 20s. But, like, I was just staring at the thing, like, while I was just hanging around, just watching it do its thing. And it was so different than any deer I had seen up until that point. Yeah,
0: that happened to me this year. (laughs) When, when, when a guy came just screaming up uh, the mountain, just going, yo, and it bumped a a big buck. I mean, this was during archery season. It was, uh, uh, the Saturday, uh, right before our Sunday hunting actually in, in uh, November and he came through and I just remember I had my bow in hand, like ready. And he came out to like 55, 60 yards at that point. But I just remember being, I have an opening, but I'm just watching this deer. I, I mean, yeah. I just, like you said, I froze. I probably could have, like you said, I mean, I'm, that's a tough shot I've, in, in the mountains and I'm sure there were some brush that I just totally black blacked out, but just watching him and just being like, Oh my gosh, that's the biggest deer I've ever seen on the hoof to in while I'm up in the tree. So yeah, that happens.
2: Oh yeah. My, my cousin last time we were in Ohio, he comes back to, he goes, he texts me he's like, Hey, Aunt, I like, I need you to check my bow at lunch. It's it, something's broken. Like I, I can't pull, pull back. it back. He's like, this deer came out in front of me. I couldn't pull it back. He comes back to camp. I'm expecting something to be froze up. It was cold that morning. I ripped this thing back. And I'm like, dude, this is fine. Like, it's okay, man. Like you yeah. just nerves got to you. Like it yeah. happens, but it is funny. Like how your body reacts like that. <laughs> That's
0: good. Well, you said too, about when you think about the food, you think about like, whether it be feeding the the deer or putting bait out and, uh, what you're going to see. And people think I'm going to this four star uh, outfitter. I'm going to shoot something. And like you said, you may not see anything. And the same thing happens when you buy that brand new bow and the X Y grunt call, wherever it's from. And people think that's going to kill them that deer.
2: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Listen, you'll look cool in the tree, <laughs> you know, but there's at the end of the day, like nothing you need them. You Those mature deer, you have to have them so dialed in. And they need to make mistakes at, at the end of the day. Right. Like that's, that's really what I learned. Like from all these, like from uh, hanging around guys that are legitimate killers is, you know, like, and, and time, that's the other thing. Like for most of us that only get to hunt a couple of days a year, like we're, you know, you're working with whatever you got. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's something like I'm working with more now. Like I, like I took a lot of inspiration from Bo and Jay, like just hunting with what they have available, you know, like, like Bo doesn't have to be a, a mountain PA hunter anymore. Like he could probably travel if he wants to same thing with Jay, but you know, that's what they have available. That's what they grinded their teeth for. So like for me, that's what I really want to do here in Florida. Like public land hunting is miserable and it's a draw here. Um, but like, screw it. I'll do the seek one thing here in Florida and see what I can do. There's when people see pictures of the deer that are around here, they're like, what that's in our backyard kind of deal. Um, and so for me, like the trick is just figuring out, like, how am I going to get these things lit. You know, how am I going to turn them into day walkers and and get them in those in-betweens. And now for this year, now that I know that, like, I've got a small window making sure I got those vacation days ready to call in sick for that first week in November, last week in October, whatever it is. Cause that's the other thing, depending where you are in this state, your rut could be anywhere from August to end of January. So, um, and it varies. It seems like town to town. So, um, it just figuring all that out. Um, but it's a cool challenge. Like I, I wouldn't, I was super frustrated at the end of this year, but I am really excited for, next year now because you know either those deer are still going to be around or you know maybe i gotta just accept that my little two acres sucks and i need to find a way to expand that territory but um you got to work with what you got
0: absolutely (sighs) Mitchell. what do you got for him
1: i don't know you know i was just thinking about the the whole guided and you know thinking about eastern guys wanting to go west too you know and and you know we've done it once and, you know, we had a good time, but, you know, I was thinking even more like for elk and, you know, constantly year after year we're seeing that the, the point system is, you know, growing of how many points you have to have and the, the prices of tags are just yeah. going through the roof for, for, you know, Western States. And, you know, for you to have a very low success rate to begin with going on public land and spending that money for the tag, you got to kind of, you know, ask yourself if you're going to do all of that maybe if it's a one time thing and you have a family and it's not going to be every 2 years or 3 years that you're going to get out there maybe you want to spend the extra money for a guide or you know an outfitter where you know your success rates not a hundred percent but it's going to be improved if you're going to spend the money so you know i've had that conversation with people too and you know you got to just decide uh what's within your budget and what's best for you just because you know those are harder things to do and some people are fortunate enough that they can do that year after year and maybe you know and there was just the talk of colorado might not be over the counter you know things are constantly changing um out there and i think wyoming they're their elk tag is about to go through the roof in the next couple of years. I mean, I don't know what it is exactly, so I'm not going to comment because someone will probably try to fact check me. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's going to double, if not triple, or even more. It's, yeah. it's pretty substantial.
2: Well, and I think, too, it's just like for me, it, like I see all that stuff. and Because I, I, like everybody else, I get sucked into like elk hunting in the mountains is sexy you know, like, like, that's the thing. If you're the quote unquote adult onset hunter, that's what you want to go do. Right. Like you want to be the next Dudley, campaigns, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, like hunting, if you get back to its roots, right. It's what's in your backyard. Right. So like, what do you have available to you? Start there. And then just like everything else, like I, I tell people, if they're just trying to get into archery, like go to your shop, find somebody, right. And like make friends and learn. I think the same thing, like I, me personally, I would not spend money going to a state where I have no Intel on the area. Like you're just really, you know, it's like showing up to a party where you don't know anyone, like maybe you'll have a good time. It might be the most Epic time ever, but, uh, you know, worst case scenario, it's just super awkward and you just totally wasted all of your time. Right. So, um, And that was a terrible example, but uh, that was that was
0: spot on (laughs) because you could show up to a party uh, and have the time of your life.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you you could. Like it happens, guys show up and then they kill a massive bull or deer or whatever. Like it does happen, but um, you know the odds are definitely not in your favor for that. I think you know, like just offering to like tag along if you got a buddy that's going or has been going, like that's another thing. Like you can you know, usually with these, like with these outfitters, you, they usually have like a a fee where you're not a hunter, but you want to like tag along and you're basically like covering your food for the week kind of deal. Um, you know, doing something like that. Like I've offered to go just shoot with my camera on, on hunts and stuff like that before, just to learn and figure out like what's going on, um, in certain areas. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think with that, like anytime there's, uh, like a recession, there's always opportunity there too. Right. Like urban hunting wasn't big until Taylor Chamberlain did that in city limits video. And then the seek one guys blew up. Right. But otherwise everybody was just ignoring deer in the, they're in the suburbs, right? Like the same thing is going to happen with, I think a lot of these species that like maybe aren't as desirable now, but then like someone's going to find a way to become a professional at that. And then, you're going to see all of a sudden now that gets hot, right? Like, yeah. like no one was hunting some of these States a couple of years ago. Like Iowa was always Iowa, but you know, Kansas blew up, you know, now Oklahoma's blown up, Ohio blew up the last couple of years. Like now all of a sudden all these places are now desirable spots that you can't find places to go hunt anymore without running into 10 other, you know, hunters out there. Um, but it wasn't like that. So, um, you know, always be thinking about like, what's that next thing. Right.
1: Yeah. Now, now do you feel like that will ever cool down? You know, just because I, I would say we're kind of at the peak of, you know, out of state trips, whether it's whitetail, Western States, uh, um, mule deer elk, you know, do you, do you feel like, you know, with maybe we're hitting a recession this year or, you know, or maybe just the success rate's not going to be as desirable after people do it for a few years. Do you feel like that's going to kind of cool off and then maybe, you know, you'll be able to do those kind of things without that added pressure? Or do you just think because of social media and and YouTube that that's going to kind of be an ongoing thing? I don't, I think anybody who says they know is lying because we've never had social media
2: before, you know? So this is all still new, you know, in, and, and it's a double-edged sword. Cause like, I mean, I've talked to you guys on this, on this podcast about like, I, I think the benefits of social media for hunting far outweigh the detriments, but at the same time, you can't ignore that. It's definitely ramping up pressure and making tags diff- more difficult to come by. And, um, you know, the. But if I look, you know, like when you guys started the podcast, when I started my page, there were a lot of people that started the same time and there's not a lot of those guys still around, right? I think if this is really something that, you know, you're a, to quote uh, this dude that was like just hating uh, on social media recently, like a quote unquote true enthusiast, right? Or this is really like your life's passion. Like you're going to keep doing it no matter what. And if you're somebody who's successful, like, the guys that are successful in anything find a way to be successful no matter what, like whether that means doing just, maybe you're not hunting what you want to hunt right now, but you're still finding a way to get those reps in. Um, you know, that would be my guess is like, I think the guys like if we're serious about this and we want to keep hunting, we're going to keep hunting anyway. And maybe our success is going to look different. Um, but I don't know. I'm not, I, 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 I try not to let that do like, influence my enthusiasm right
1: no i was just gonna say you know i think nowadays too you know a lot of people are they hunting for the right reason too right you know you think about our fathers and our grandfathers and you know whether they didn't do probably a lot of -of out-of-state trips but you know if they went to a hunting cabin or you know during rifle season they kind of left for the week and but there was no camera, you know, they had cameras, but there was no posting pictures on social media. You know, they just enjoyed it. Right. You know, it didn't matter. A lot of times they just had fun doing it, whether they shot a deer or not. Right. And I think we talk about success rate just because it's our time and effort, but we also forget about why we're doing it to enjoy it. Right. You know, I don't think, you know, if you do an out of state trip, um, you know, whether you're successful or not, you should just enjoy it. Right. Just the process yeah. of doing it and, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. You know, I, I, sometimes you got to ask yourself, you know, am I just doing this to post a picture and get likes or am I doing it because I really enjoy it and I'm just having fun? 100%. I think that stuff peters out too. that. Like people make a lot of that about like
2: people doing it for likes, Like, there's way easier ways to get likes and to go viral, you know, like, I like if, if you just add up all the dollars, like no matter what, like the, especially this day and age, the amount of resources you input is not going to be equivalent to the amount of meat you get out of it. Right. Like you're still spending more than you probably would if you just went to the grocery store. Um, when you add up gas, travel, all of that stuff, like it's, you're doing it for the love of the game that people, there are always going to be people that are doing it for the wrong reasons. Like even in our parents' age, like how many of people a generation ago that even guys that like we look up to were poaching, you know, like it's something nobody really talks about, but how much unethical shit within our own circles have we just put a blind eye to? Cause we grew up not realizing that it was unethical, right? Like you just grew up like you just didn't know any better.
0: Yeah. It's the steroid era of baseball.
2: Yeah. You know, you just didn't know any better. and like, listen, it's not like every TV personality from two decades ago was doing it for the right reasons either. Right. Like, I I think that's just, that's something that like, I, it's a valid argument. It's a discussion that has to be had, but also there's just so much easier ways. And that stuff's gonna, like, those people are either going to burn out, um, or not, but they're always going to be around. So like, I, I don't worry about either. Like for me, I, and I've talked to you guys about this too. Like I don't film my hunts just because for me, filming video, it takes me away. Like ha- cause you have to redo shots. You have to capture B roll. Like I have so much respect for the guys that do quality productions, like the Chris B's and the, the Sam Soholtz and like all of those guys. Like I had, But because I know how much work goes into that and, and the fact that they're sacrificing part of their experience for that. And I'm a consumer of that and I enjoy watching it. So I'm not going to tell them to not do it because I think it's valuable. But at the same time, like I'm not personally like that comes down to like your personal ethics. I'm not willing to do that. I love photography because it makes me appreciate the little details of hunting and other experiences that I might not stop to appreciate otherwise. But video does the opposite for me. So, like, I don't do that. Like, yeah. Um, but that, that also, it just comes down to, like, personal preference. There's always going to be some a-hole with, with some dude with a camera following him around that is going to be portraying us in a bad light. Like, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, like, whether it's jujitsu or hunting or whatever. Like, there's always going to be some dude that just makes you cringe. Like, I, I just, I think the way you fight that is just supporting the people that you think are doing a good job of it
0: with that 98 chase of Maguire and Sosa, I've, I've one of my favorite summers of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: listen, and yeah, yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. Don't get me started on the, the steroid stuff, but yeah, I'll, I'll go into a whole diatribe on liver King and uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. it You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where like, yeah, sh- support people. Like, I don't know. I, I, there's just too much good stuff going on to waste time. And I, am not to say I haven't done it. I've definitely like gone down the meme rabbit hole where, and then like I come out an hour later and I'm like, what the hell did I just do? Like, why did I bother investing my time and energy on like this negativity? Mm -hmm. Um, like, like, and it just like, look at myself, like, like, I don't know. Am I doing the right thing? That's the one thing like, yeah, Like, what do I like doing? Like, I tried doing like the YouTube thing. Like, I don't really enjoy doing YouTube videos. You know, like I I would create them basically based on like, what was I getting a lot of DMs about? And I just got tired of answering so many DMs. So I would just start making videos. That way I could at least like be like, hey, man, like go check out this video. Like I answer it there, right? Because it became an efficiency thing. Um, But like for me, like I found out, like going back to what we kind of kicked off this conversation, like I don't enjoy being the, quote-unquote influencer like that's not what i like doing i like building relationships i like talking with people i love like taking photos and working with companies on products and things like that but i don't like being the guy that like has to have like a hot take or like be in front of the camera or like oh like oh that was a great conversation can we go back and do it again so we can get it on film like i don't want to be that guy like there are guys that do it and do a great job and uh I, i don't need to be one of them
0: Yeah, like when you you said earlier too about having this influence of a decision based off of what's going on, like that's one for myself. Next year I want to go to Kansas because I have two points. I don't want to just hoard points in Kansas just because, oh, they said it was a lot of hunters there this year in that specific area. Like Chris B just posted that video uh, last week or week and a half where he went to the same spot where he killed that monster two years ago. And the two years ago, he's like, there was no one here. I was driving around. There's not another single vehicle and it's the same time. And then he goes this past year and he's like, there's 18 trucks and there's people all over the place. And, you know, I just think maybe that it, like we said, it things go in ebbs and flows and if I don't, I'm, but that's not going to make a decision for me where I'm going to say, you know what? It was really highly pressured. I don't want to go, but I'm glad he posted that because maybe some people will be like, I don't want to go now, but it's not going to change my decision because, like I said, I don't want to have three-plus points just because, you know what I mean?
2: Well, it's like the gym every January, right? Yeah. like It's the same thing. You've got every resolution in there, and then come February, it's empty again. It's back to the normal levels, right? So when it comes to hunting, it's hard because we only have a window, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we only have January, so you got to find the – times of the day in January where you could still get your workout in, right? Like that's the difficult thing for us. Um and again, like I don't I don't know. I don't see like how it it maybe it peters off, but then that comes with its own perils because now we've just lost advocates. Like right. hopefully all those people that tried it and were crowding the woods are gonna still maintain that level of education they hopefully gained and be conservation advocates and hunting advocates but there's no guarantees of that either. Right. Right. So, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm probably a decade removed from that next generation coming up. Now I realize like, I don't know how hot it is to be a hunting you know person in like like i've grown up i was the weird guy and then i got back from college and like it was like duck dynasty and camo was cool on long island new york all of a sudden i was like when did this happen i was the weird dude and now you guys all have f-150s with lift kits like what the hell is going on here um you know, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, is dog hunting going to be the next hot thing? Like I have no, like okay. everyone's just going to get, everyone's going to ditch the woods and just be out on, on canoes. Like I, I have no idea.
0: I'm trying to think where I wanted to go with that one. Cause I had something I <laughs> totally just, <laughs> The, the whole duck hunting and Ford F one fifties did it
2: for me. Well, there. And I said that cause me and my buddies did say we we're going to start hunting the bay
0: here in Florida. So that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so here's, here's a question for you. And we were, I brought up, uh, about the gear thing, just, you know, people will buy the new bow thinking that's going to fix their shot process. Right. When it's, it's, you're actually, uh, the one that needs to, to correct yourself, your, your fundamentals basically. Um, I saw the other day you're possibly going to be coming out with a big article for dialed about all the new bows and everything like that. What what's been your hot take so far on some of the new pieces of gear that you've gotten your hands on?
2: Yeah. I don't know if I have like a hot take, but I think this year was like, if you weren't psyched about this year in terms of releases, like just stop following releases. Cause like you had two carbon bows come out of nowhere that nobody was expecting from different companies. Yeah. Right. Like some companies, like it, honestly, everybody who's had criticisms in, in the past should feel pretty good because for those that are like, why do they have to release a bow every year? Well, Hoyt didn't. Right. So mm. like, there you go. Right. For those that are like, Oh, nothing new came out this year. Well, elite came out with a carbon bow and so did Bowtech for the first time. So there's your brand new thing for those that are like, ah, oh, like if you just wanted upgrades, like I'm psyched about what PSE did. Cause they took all the feedback that people have been giving them from the EVL and the XF. And that's what the Fortis is, right? Like yeah. it's a lot of little tweaks, but it's things that we had been asking for. Right. So I'm happy that they listened. Um, and that's the direction, like, I want to see stuff in. Like, I think it's cool. I shot the Bowtech, loved it. Um, I know I owe, uh, I owe the guys that di- dialed that article. Um, <laughs> I- I'm trying to make it not a heavy edit, but, uh, yeah, I tend to overthink stuff when I'm typing it out. But, um, I, yeah, like, I, I spent a whole day at my local shop shooting most of the new bows, and I was super impressed with all of them. I really liked the prime. Um, you know, I thought it was super, super smooth, like shot, like to the point where I was like, what poundage is this on? Um, you know, the one question I had with that was the Valley was so generous. It was so comfortable that I found myself coming off of the back wall unintentionally just cause I was so comfortable there. So I'd be interested, like once that bow is fully rigged out, how accurate I actually end with it compared to like the XF or Matthews or something like that. Cause as much as like, I prefer a smooth cam, I have to also admit to myself that like I'm more I'm a better shot with like the the E2 cam on the PSC or the uh Matthews cam, like that have shorter valleys. Like it just keeps me on it. So um the Bowtech. I love shooting that bow too, the the carbon one. I don't know why, like for a 30 inch bow, felt just super balanced, really, really liked it. Um I don't know what bow I'm getting. I talked to the PSE rep about like a whole bunch of things. And then I don't actually know what order he put in. So uh, it's going to be a surprise to me and everybody else when it comes in. But but I know, I know I got the EC2 cam um, for this year, which I think was, you could get the evolve cam on the bows last year. A lot of people overlooked that. Um, so a lot of people like everybody that reached out to me for advice was like E2 or S2. And I was like, well, if you don't like either, you still have the evolve cam. Like you can still run that. Um, so I was happy to see they updated the evolve. So it has the wider cables now. Um, you know, and then, you know, Matthew's like, if you're a Matthew's fan, you're going to be a Matthew's fan again. Right. Like that was my take. If you weren't a Matthew's fan before, like the bow feels the same as it did years previously. It's just more refined. So, it, you know, there's nothing that's going to win you over. But if you love Matthews, you're still going to love Matthews. Um, you know, Hoyt, I, I I wish they had done something like PSE did, where they gave you some more tuning options, uh, like just little changes, because
0: that's the one thing they're missing. They gave you a cutout just to put your, your uh, rest cable that's for That's it.
2: it, yeah. So that was a little disappointing. Like, I didn't think – the RX-7 is a phenomenal bow. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great, great bow. Um, so it was the Ventum. Um, but you know, for a company that's like usually at the forefront of technology, they're the last ones to implement any sort of tuning system that doesn't involve eclipse and plastic shims, right? Like they're, they're actually the bottom of the totem pole. Now, when it comes from a tuning perspective, they don't have an adjustable cable guard. You're stuck with, you got the shims and your rest. That's it. Yep. Um, so that was a little surprising. Um, you know, I'm, I'm as like a former Hoyt fanboy, I'm hopeful that means they're coming out with something revolutionary next year, but I've been wrong about that before. So we'll see. Um, but no, I'm, I'm psyched, man. Like, I think, you know, like you can't say gear doesn't matter, right? Because like anybody who went from crappy clothes to technical clothes knows you're way more comfortable in those technical clothes, right? Like, you know, same thing coming from a garbage bow to a good bow. Like if it's, as long as it's size for you it's going to make a drastic difference. Like it does matter, but it's not, you know, like year to year. Like, am I like, Oh, I'm a noticeably better shooter with this versus that. Like, no, but it's fun to have the new thing. And if you can have the new thing, and it's exciting. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. listen, I'm spending a lot of time staring at my bow in the tree come fall. So I want to like what I'm looking at,
0: (laughs) you know? Oh, man, because that's what, Dimitri, like, we've we've talked about that. We even talked about it on our our latest podcast we did with Josh where we were asking, like, you know, for him, he purchased his last bow as a 2019 Matthews, that TRX5 or whatever that one was, the the shorter axle-axle bow after the triax. But, I mean, I also think we're at a pinnacle of – you know, kind of innovation when it comes to the performance side of things. You know, now I, I mean, I think it's obviously the feel, the comfort, you know, we've go, we've gone through those ebbs and flows of speed and comfort and draw cycles. And what, which one are you going for? And it's all a matter of like your personal preference, obviously. And like what you said, like what you like, but I do kind of like the idea. And I know some people don't like it, but I do like how you said, if it means XF was a great bow, and if certain things like of the update it for accessories and the way, you know, maybe things that we are looking for to make that better, that's what you're going to do. And, you know, I, I don't know. And like you said, even for Hoyt to not come out with something groundbreaking, brand new, quote unquote, you know, they like you said, the Rx seven I've I've heard probably honestly and since that bow has come out last year i don't think i really heard one negative thing about it to be completely honest with you everybody everybody that shot it or everybody that owns it just freaking loves it so like kudos to them for finding something and like you said now to if you want to nitpick it's like hey let's get something for the guys that like to work on the bow where it's going to make it a heck of a lot easier to tune so that's where i think we're at in this evolution of our bows are really maxed out. Now it's just kind of how do we dress it up to what the consumer really wants?
2: Well, and I mean, we don't have to look far to see what the future is going to look like. I mean, just look right across the hall at the gun industry, right? Like everybody there's, everyone's got an AR-15. What you're seeing is the differences are just the niche applications, right? And the little features, it's still an AR-15 But how it's set up all those little things, that's what you're deciding what what matters to you. Right. And the same thing goes for Bose. Like if you look at the manufacturers lineups, they're becoming more diverse and more niche. Right. Like and that's probably what it is like you're going to have more options performance wise like statistically they're all gonna look similar if not the same, right? Like every every bow brand has a speed bow, a comfort bow, you know, and your do it all kind of bow. And then you've got different axle to axle for like you the guys that only hunt in ground blinds and then the guys that shoot tack but also want to use it for 3D and you know like so it's just finding like okay, well, all these perform almost identical, but which one am I gonna get to which one's gonna make me perform to the highest Capability that I can yeah. with it, right? Yeah, uh, and that's harder too, and that's also why you need bow shops because otherwise, how are you going to test out all those new bows?
0: ATA. A- <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Was that open to the public this year? I I, no, I never found out.
0: St- no, you still have to purchase that membership thing, and oh, I need I, to do that. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea what to do. If I'm going, yeah. I'm I'm going to work it. Basically, I don't know.
2: Well, I'm happy to see that, like Tack. I remember PA last year, like Hoyt, and I think Matthews had targets set up in the trailer that you could shoot. Um, you know, I, I think that's going to be a thing more and more right and i i think you're hopefully you see more opportunities like that because there are areas where they're just dead zones where they just don't have shops right yeah. so yeah i know prime um,
0: prime did that as well that's right yeah PSE was out at some other you know the more western side of things because mm-hmm. being in closer to arizona so i know like colorado montana was easy for them to to get to as well yep no, that's yep. a really good good point
2: we, uh, Man, I was tired. You guys got me rolling.
0: Yeah. That, okay. <laughs> there we go. What aspect of, you know, kind of the industry, like you were saying about the whole, you don't like being the influencer, right. And, and like the individual out in front of the camera like that, you know, we've, we've seen now over the last like three years, like you said, and I'm glad you said it, there's been people that started at the same time we have. And, you know, I, you, they're not on social media anymore, which, you know, probably good for, you know, I, I envy them some days, obviously, but you know, what can you say to that next group that's starting this, their, their passion that they've had that fire, that desire that we have, you know, but they're, they're finding that now, you know, what kind of maybe things can you give those individuals?
2: I I would say, don't get married to the idea of what you have to be. Like, you don't know what you don't know, figure out what do you actually want to do? Right. Like, like, I think a lot of people have this idea of like working for the industry, quote unquote. And it's like, they get paid to go hunting all the time. Like that's a very small, it's a very small number of people. And most of those people, like, don't have very big bank accounts, you know, or they have jobs where they're doing something else. Like that's the reality of it. You know, like they're, they're an accountant that also does that, you know, or they're, they're doing something like me. I have a nine to five job that pays well. Like that's, that's why I'm able to, and I love it and I'm not getting rid of it. And that's something that I made the decision very recently. Part of it is I got a kid now, but, um, but also part of it is like, I like being able to pick who I work with, You know, like I'm not, I I don't want to have to jump and chase down clients. Like I'm so fortunate that like Montana knife company reached out or PSC or whoever, and I get to shoot content for them. And that's cool. And like, that's been the thing, like for me, like, like I had this idea and I was like, let me just start this. And then it was like, okay, well, YouTube's going really well. Like I do that. I don't really like doing that though. Okay. So let me scale back from that. Well, companies seem to want these photos and I really enjoy doing that. So let me just pour into that more right? And, or like I started out doing articles, right? Nobody was reading articles, you know, but now like companies want articles. So their SEO for their websites gets boosted. Right. And it's like, cool. I like writing articles. I don't like doing videos. Let me do that. Like, I think just, you know, a lot of people, like they think they have to be cam or they have to be John Dudley or they have to be whatever. And then they create this character because they've got this, they get this positive feedback. Right. And then they like, before you know it, they actually are that character that they've created. Right. Like, like I, I think, you know, as, and as a consumer of social media, like we're all consumers of social media, we're all on social media. I don't think we have really thought out, most of us haven't really thought out what that means when it comes yeah. to like judging individuals, right? Like I'll use Jocko as an example. Cause like somebody brought this up to me recently, but like that like I've the criticism I've heard of, of that guy is like, he's so intense. Like blah blah blah. that guy is showing you a fraction of who he is as a person that he's choosing to show you on social media, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not everything of who that individual is, right? right? Like that is, you're seeing just that snippet. So to judge that you can, now you can have whatever judgments you want about the content and whether or not you like that or that applies to you, but to judge them as a person, is not fair because you don't really know them from that. Right. And I think the same thing goes for that next generation. Like be honest with yourself, you know um, you're going to get haters no matter what, but figure out like, is that criticism legitimate or not? Um, And where's it coming from? Usually it's coming from, useless places but um every now and then like someone will say something and you're like yeah like that was cringy and it didn't feel good when i was doing it at the time but i couldn't figure out why and that's normal like you like everyone's gonna make mistakes i'm sure you guys have had episodes where you're like i do know you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know but it's uh yeah that would be the one thing like I, you know if you're doing this as an escape because you don't want to do like that, that that rat race right like don't turn this into the outdoor rat race, right. right? Like, um, and you know that, listen, that's a position of privilege for me to even like talk about that. Right. Because like I said, I, like I, I, but I worked in a nine to five and got myself to a point where I could do that. Um, but that's something to think about, like, there's a reason. And I think we've talked about this before, so sorry to anybody listening, but like, there's a reason cam Haynes kept his job as long as he did, you know, like, again, and the more I do this, the more I get it. You, yeah. you know, so it's, it, it's, you don't want to be beholden to people because companies change ownership, things happen, like people leave, you know, yep. people leave. Yeah. Like I, I have like, for me, I'm connected to people. Like I, like my yep. friends, you know, like I have friends at tethered. I have friends at trophy line. Like I have friends, you know, at multiple companies. Like I'm, I'm not beholden to the company. I have relation like legitimate relationships there. And if, you know people go on and move like I still want to keep in contact with that, and like that's the nice thing like that's that's the nice part about not having like long term contracts and things like that and those are all things that you don't know because you have if you haven't been there before and and you know maybe work in the industry in some sort of role first, like where you learn the ins and outs of a company and like what do they pay their influencers what does what does it actually mean to be an influencer because right. everyone's got a different idea yeah um You know, and and people have different approaches, like, but I think you've got to, you've also got to like, if you want to be successful at anything, you have to satisfy a need, right? Like there's the reason that there are artists that weren't appreciated in their lifetimes because they didn't satisfy a need in their lifetime. They were appreciated afterwards because all of a sudden what wasn't applicable in their lifetime is applicable now, right? And people are appreciating what they did then. Yeah. Right. So it's, you got to figure that out. Are you doing it for the art? Cause you enjoy it. Well, then you also have to be okay with, maybe I'm not going to be as popular. Right. Um, and does that matter?
0: Right. Exactly. Spot on, man. Well done. Yeah. I'm giving you a golf clap. Yeah. Now.
2: Dude, trapped in the hospital, I had a lot of time to think, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: you got guys, in, you got guys with Christian father and Ford F one fifty as a picture, calling you a douchebag and everything. Oh, so.
2: dude, every time. And listen, I don't always have haters, but when I do, they've always got a, a default photo of a crappy truck and a bio that reads Christian father uh, bull hunter or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I'm like, well, dude, we, we have the same two things in common. Like we should be friends. What are you ripping on me for? Yeah.
1: But yeah. thought yeah. that I, uh, we we're talking about the industry and when you kind of dive in it, I always think of the, uh, the punk song from back in the nineties, like high school never ends. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, you could think so many people of how that would relate, you know? And I mean, that goes goes along with any industry, but you know, it's, it's so true. It is. It- well,
2: and, and, you know, like I, I have a friend who is very successful at TikTok marketing. She has her home company, like absolutely crushing it, working with the biggest brand. And she sees what like, I charge clients doing photography work in the outdoor industry and she like wants to vomit. She's like, you should be making like whatever X more than that. I'm like, that doesn't exist. Like like, I'm glad you're saying that maybe I should start doing photos for Pepsi. Like I'm going to start tagging (laughs) somebody else in my photos. But you know, I I think, uh, you know, people also blow like their perceptions are just unrealistic too for certain things. Like you got to know where you're at
0: um too like here's a question for you: do you have any have you ever met jocko
2: that i shook his hand at attack and that was it
0: yeah so yeah uh kind of the same for me i maybe had about 10 more seconds of of uh kind of communication with him because it was at montana and i always said same to, here actually yeah it, it was my thing for me was well, this past last year uh before our baseball season, I grabbed one of his books, uh, the it was like the workbook, and I bought enough for our seniors. And uh, no, I'm sorry, correct me, uh, the returners, basically, quote, unquote. So like the juniors and seniors that were part of the varsity team the year prior. So we would meet before school, uh, during a warm up, like workout with some of the underclassmen. And for like a half hour after that, we would get together, go through certain chapters, kind of talk things out and talk about that chapter because it was great. Cause it was like a cliff note and then there mm. were like prompt questions. So like I'd be yep. able to go through that and we would talk about it. And man, I really think it helped so much because it, that team last year, it was my last year coaching the team. We really did come together as a, as a family in a sense. And like to this day, I, I you know, I'd, I'd do anything for those kids. You know, they I stay in contact with the seniors that are off to college. Now they're about to start their spring season. And even though I'm not the coach now, like I still have a really close relationship with the coaches that are there because they're uh, uh, like, they were my assistants and the kids. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted to tell him that I want, if I had the chance to meet him, I just wanted to be like, Hey man, thanks. This was awesome. Like just coming from a baseball coach. So I, I did that and he was like, Awesome. You know, I just shook my hand. He's like, I love to hear that. And his wife was just like, oh, that's so great. You know, like she said more than he did. But he was like, awesome. You know, thank you. And and shook my hand. I was like, man, he just like engulfed my hand. You know, like that was just crazy.
2: My interaction was way more awkward. He was like passing. And it was one of those things where like he like I saw somebody was getting mobbed, but like we're passing. And I was like, I don't want to like but I wanted to like show like my appreciation. I was yeah. like, Hey man, you, you make good geese. Cause I was, I had just started jujitsu and all my stuff is still origin to his day. And yeah. he was just like, like he was like taking her back. So we're at attack. And he's like, thanks. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that was stupid. Yeah. But yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You talk about <laughs> cringeworthy. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when you're like, <laughs> because that's how we were at the booth and I saw him walking by and like, no one was like at our booth. So I was like, jaco you know like yeah like a little schoolgirl, basically and i was like jaco i want to say thanks and he's like awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) awesome man um so speaking of tack are you planning on going at all to any events this year i know brcc has the one in texas first usually that they do a lot of stuff with their um kind of their crew and everything
2: yeah, I think I'm going to try and organize something for Montana. I know, uh, actually, I was talking to the guys from Noting's Outdoors today. Uh, I'm trying to like do a little like uh, retreat for uh, the cadre to get together and shoot the course and do some networking. June uh, as this we put year. Together. Yeah, June this year, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, my wife wants to go out there, too, because she missed the last one. Um, so probably targeting that one. And then we'll see, I'm kind of for this year, I'm, I'm trying not to schedule too much, uh, and save up those vacation days for hunting season and get back to it. Cause I, I feel like I, I really missed a lot last year. Um, and, uh, things always pop up. So I'm sure, you know, I'll, I'll keep everybody updated on, on Instagram as they do, but, uh, but yeah, cause I would, as much as like I say that, I, I miss seeing everybody in person and like shaking hands and hanging out and grabbing dinner and stuff with, with you guys and everybody else. Yeah. But we'll say,
0: yeah, last year was a blast having you at the condo, man. It was, it was a good time.
2: I know dude, that couch came in clutch, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And well, I had the new, and I felt like such a tool cause I had the new, Omen. I had the Omen and like PSE was like very hush hush about it, but I didn't know, like guys had been leaking photos of it all over social media. You sent it to me on the drive while I was driving home. Yeah. I was like, dude, I could have shot this thing on the course yeah. and like had a fun weekend with it. But <laughs> yep. I was trying to be all secret squirrel and now I just feel like an a
0: hole. <laughs> <laughs> I got this really top secret bow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. like
2: oh, Talking about being an influencer douche. That was me. That <laughs> <beginning>.
0: <laughs> but Hey man, kudos to you because you, you did what you're supposed to do actually. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I get, yeah, I guess it just you know. felt like a tool afterwards, but yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. Actually, stupid. I
2: did the photos for that at, uh, Next. I stopped by South Carolina on my way home and I was like telling Bert Sorn like, dude, just like, don't tell anybody about it. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, this is stupid. Like, <laughs>
0: Hey man, you live in your learn. That's awesome, dude. I, that's that one, good. that would be one place I would love to go would be stop at Sornex and, and see all like, do those events that'd be so cool
2: well they're their factory like they're they have a showroom with like all the old it's like a museum in there yeah. like if you're ever passing through columbia south carolina like you know and those guys are always there like you know they're if you call them up they're usually more than willing to give you a tour like super cool just like seeing like all the history of equipment there and <laughs> because well, um, I got a little walkthrough to see like, like they've got such a massive operation. I had no idea.
0: Yeah. Cause I've been through the York barbell one in Pennsylvania. Okay. Like that was, that's really cool to see. I mean, anybody that likes, you know, fitness and working out and equipment type stuff. That's like definitely check out places like that. Cause it's really cool to see that history and, and all that stuff. Like yeah. A
2: hundred percent. A hundred percent.
0: I like it, man. Well, Demetra, do you have anything else? I don't think so. I know, AJ, man, this was awesome. That went really quick again. Uh, AJ, uh, again, fifth time, you, you, you know, basically run this shit. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that next one. And we'll, maybe we could do a, uh, I know like you just did with Bo, the whole like at home Build your bow, uh, you know, cave and workhorse and all that stuff. But you know, maybe in the spring we could do something where we could break something down about setting up some bows and. 100%. That sounds awesome. I like it, man. Well, where could people follow you along with Knights of the Apex, dude?
2: so knights the apex uh instagram youtube uh it's definitely where i'm more most active and uh yeah that's
0: that's about it could you give anybody like how you were saying earlier about doubling down what, what 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 does that mean and what could we be on the lookout for possibly give a sneak peek i guess. Uh, I'm going to be doing
2: more photography work, um, you know, not just on my page. Like that's the interesting thing, um, about not being an influencer is, uh, you know, you, you hand your work off to companies and then they get to use it first. So, um, you know, you might see my stuff around a couple other companies pages, um, which is cool with me too. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing more articles and I'll, I'll be keeping you guys up to date on that. I feel like uh, I come across way better in written word versus spoken word, uh, <laughs> especially when I'm editing YouTube videos together. But, um, yeah, so I'll be working more on that stuff. And then like, I'll be shoot, I'll be at winter strong, um, for Sornex, Um, and then attack and stuff. I'll, I'm going to do more just like stories for that stuff. So you're along for the ride with me versus, you know, doing the same edit that I don't do a great job of doing for YouTube after the fact. So
0: <laughs> I like it, man. Well, I appreciate you dude. go give him a follow, watch those videos. And even though he doesn't like doing them, they're, they're very good. Or they're very informative. <laughs> so appreciate you, AJ. We'll catch you next week. Everybody antler up.